Welcome to this edition of At The Mic. I'm your host, Keith Malinak. This week's guest is Steve Krakauer. Steve is a part of the team that brings you the Megyn Kelly Show, and he does so much more. We talk about all of it in just a moment. All right, gang, tax day is less than a month away. I'm sorry that I keep reminding you, but the good folks at American Pride Roasters Coffee are taking the opportunity to remind you to try their Burr Hamilton blend. It's in honor of America's first Treasury Secretary, Alexander Hamilton. Remember, he died in that famous duel on a July morning in New Jersey back in 1804. So while that's one of the more shocking moments in our nation's history, it's also the namesake of an APR favorite, a breakfast blend with blueberry and donut flavors from Central and South American coffee beans that are brewed to perfection for your morning breakfast routine or even as a dessert coffee. I think you should try it. It's seriously an excellent blend. And when you head over to APRCoffee.com, purchase at least two pounds of coffee and use the offer code ATM. It stands for at the mic. And that's in the special instructions section there at checkout. You're going to get a free bag of the Reagan, a time for choosing blend, which is a $10 value for free. Get over to APRCoffee.com today. Use offer code ATM and drink up. You're listening to At The Mic with Keith, an independent podcast production. Steve Krakauer is my guest for this week's edition of At The Mic. He's part of the team. Brings you the Megan Kelly Show, another podcast you need to be listening to. Well, in addition to those duties, Steve keeps an eye on the media. He's a media watchdog. Through his Fourth Watch newsletter and his podcast, it keeps us all informed. In our conversation, he tells us stories about his time as an NBC page. Yeah, he was hanging out with the Saturday Night Live crew all the time. Uh, he enlightens us on the joys of fantasy golf. And we discussed the joys of fatherhood as well. The conversation starts right now on At The Mic. Steve and I worked together at The Blaze way back when. You have gone on to bigger and better things since then. You are a busy man. Would you please... <laughs> Just lay out all the stuff that you've got your hands on, man. Wow, what an intro! This is this is different because normally I'm on the other side of uh, of of the mic at the <laughs> mic. Um, yeah, so I the the main you know my my day job, my main job uh, is uh, I'm the executive producer of Megyn Kelly's podcast, uh, the Megyn Kelly Show, uh, which launched in September. Um, and really, you know, we're just kind of getting started with that, but but more to come on that. That's been that's been really great, cool. and exciting, getting a chance to work with her. Uh, who I've known for about a dozen years, and and that's the main job. Um, but then also I've got uh, Fourth Watch, which uh-huh. is I, I launched that in about uh, December of 2019, so a little over a year ago. And it basically, it started as a newsletter, uh, approximately three times a week, free newsletter that covers the media. And uh, I've been been writing that, you know, really trying to you know call on my experience that I I had in various you know places in the media at different at the blaze and at cnn previously you've been everywhere we can talk about that yeah media Uh, media right started started media so uh and then really you know i've been in texas now for seven years moved down uh, as part of a job with the blaze and being outside of the media particularly in the last four years of during the trump era has kind of i think you know clarified some things and so so that's really what the, the voice i've tried to use in in fourth watch and launched a podcast through that in september as well and uh that's it I occasionally write a column for the hill but other than that that's the that's the that's the game uh, that's that's plenty to have on uh, <laughs> your plate at one time so i mean do you ever sleep considering all the stuff that you 
have going on? I do. Yeah, I try to. I try to sleep. I've got a. I've got a four year old. Yeah. And uh, and so yeah, you know we you know try to keep uh, try to keep to some sort of a of a schedule there. And and no, you know, look, I, I think definitely the the fourth watch newsletter thing is something that is, you know really started almost as like a hobby. Um. Uh, and uh, it's something that I I do will you know I'll occasionally take a night where I'm like all right you know the Jack goes to bed. And my wife, Megan, goes to bed and I'm like, all right, here, I'm going to throw out two hours and just kind of, you know, put some things to paper there. Um, And uh, and I I like it. I mean, it's it's a weird hobby, you know, covering the media, especially, (laughs) you know, but I I really do. You know, when I started Fourth Watch, I I I said I. I did it because I love the media and I want it to be better, you know, and that, that's really kind of the, the, the place where I, I go from. And so, you know, it pains me over the last few years to see kind of what's become of it. Um, but that, that's, that's a perception of it. You know, for me is like, I, I love it. I, I want to try to help it if I can in any little part there. So, so many directions I want to go here, but I'll get to all of them. Trust me, Steve. We've got time. <laughs> All right. No, so you went to Syracuse. I did. Did you yeah. study broadcasting and media there? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I figured as much just because it, it's known for that. I did. Yeah. You know, I was like this really uh, sort of. I, I I guess in some ways like the, the what I wanted to be when I grew up. Uh, as so, as soon as I kind of knew it, I'm you know maybe in like ninth grade, eighth grade was a journalist. Um, and uh, I I was a I went to like journalism summer camp uh, in high school. Uh, <laughs> this thing at Northwestern University. So, I mean, so you were a nerd. I was, yeah. <laughs> I, was a, I was a media nerd from way back in the wow. day. Um, but yeah, no, I, I always wanted to go, actually, you know, really wanted to go to Northwestern because I went to that summer camp and didn't get in there, but um, but also really wanted to do Newhouse School um, broadcast journalism and, and, and did, you know, did that. Uh, I was, uh, you know, a broadcast journalist. I, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. I, I thought, do I go and, you know, there were kind of two paths when you graduate from, from Syracuse in that capacity. You could either go and be a reporter in like, you know, Fargo, North Dakota and work your way up every, you know, couple of years and try to move up. Or you start at like the bottom of the totem pole in some giant company like uh, like a Fox or an NBC, which mm-hmm. is what I ultimately ended up right. doing. Um, but yeah, broadcast journalism there. I was a minor. Uh, I minored in in uh, in political science and African-American studies. And uh, yeah. So how old are you right now? I'm 36, about to do 37. So you're 36. When was this journalism camp then? Journalism camp was like 2000, I want to say. Yeah. I was just trying to get an idea of what the media landscape looked like when you were really getting into it. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, I graduated in 2006 and it was amazing to me how quickly the media changed because I I went back. um, I I, I do, you know, have a a lot of love for for Syracuse. I I would go back. I, I wrote for, I wrote columns for the school paper. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, kept in touch with a lot of the professors there. So I went back and I, I was pleasantly surprised to see, you know, when I was there, there was not a single course or even, you know, class for one time that was about digital media in any capacity. Not, even that even that late. Yeah. I mean, I joined Facebook when I was in college, but it was not a media uh, property. Um, you know, Twitter didn't right. exist. Instagram didn't exist. So, uh, and, and it, there really was not like, um, you know, now there's majors for, you know, digital journalism. There's, there's, you know, social media classes and those sorts of things. I edited, you know, I, I would edit, you know, packages uh, with tape. 
you know, I mean, it was not even digital editing that I was doing. I was doing, you know, the little rewind and fast forward. I, I mean, did that too, but it yeah. was a lot sooner than yours. And yeah. you're saying that even in the yeah. 2000s? 2005, were... 2006, I, I graduated without any real, you know, situation there. So, um, you know, I ended up, my first real job in journalism was working for a website called TV Newser. And through that, um, we were, I think Twitter launched in like 2007. We joined it in 2008 um, pretty early on. And that ended up kind of leading a different trajectory, I think, for my career. But but yeah, that did not even exist, you know, 15 years ago, which is crazy. Wow. And I, yeah, that, that is crazy to think that. It's also crazy to think that they actually have courses now yeah. based on that. Oh, yeah. I had no idea. Or majors, you say? Yeah, well, digital? you can major in digital journalism. Wow. In fact, I think, you know, they used to have print journalism, magazine journalism. Those are completely gone. You can't actually major in them. You just can major in, I think, I think it's what's called digital journalism, which uh-huh. I guess makes sense. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's a totally, the, the entire landscape is completely different in, in a very short amount of time. Wow. So, you grew up a little bit, you say, in Maryland, a little bit in Wisconsin, but primarily in New Jersey. Yes. Uh, Secaucus is where you were born. Born in Secaucus, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. So was it what got you out of New Jersey, the fact that college took you to Syracuse? And then, like, did, in other words, did you want to stay up in – because if you're already there, yeah. this, this is what I'm thinking right now. You're in New Jersey. You're within a commute of New York City. You're, you're, you're a media guy. You've got this degree. So then did you focus on, I'm going to go to New York. I'm going to be there. Is that where it happened? Yeah. Or? You know, I graduated college 2006. I applied to a hundred jobs, something like that. I mean, all over the country. And I, I, I really, uh, I, I think, you know, it, it, if, if things went a different way and rolled the dice a different way, I could have ended up. I had jobs in Florida that I was looking at, in Las Vegas, and in California. Um, I, I was very open minded to go wherever. Um, ultimately, I, I did get a job at uh, at first at Fox News uh, as a production assistant, working overnights and weekends. Um, and I did that for a couple of months before I ended up getting a job uh, in the NBC Page program, which is like the very bottom of the ladder right. in NBC. But it was a great year, and and that's what that's where you know I ended up moving into. New York City and starting the career that way. Um, but yeah, w- was very open-minded. I mean, you know, I, what's it's funny about it is, you know, I really never left the East Coast until I ended up moving down to, to, to Texas and have been here ever since in, in 2014. But it's yeah. better here, right? It is. It is. I'm, a, I'm an adopted Texan now. <laughs> yeah. No, I love the East Coast too, um, but I will say quality of life. And, yeah. and actually, my, I married a Texan also who I met in New York City. That's but, what I wanted to ask yeah. you. Okay. Yeah. Where did y'all meet then? We met at, uh, at CNN uh, in, in New York. So I. Is she in media too then? She is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, so Megan uh, was is a publicist, uh, you know, in, in PR. Um, and she was living in LA and worked for an agency where one of her clients was Piers Morgan. And, <laughs> uh, and she became very close with peers and when he got the CNN job um, in fact you know right so I was a a media reporter um, and I kind of thought that you know and I I'm there were other other people doing it but at the time there really wasn't a lot of like emphasis from the CNN MSNBC and Foxes of the world on what was happening and websites and on on social media and so I, I had a meeting like an off the record meeting with peers and Megan was there, uh, and uh, I ended up kind of pitching myself to to him as, "Hey, you know, I, I could. Your show's going to be on for an hour every day, twenty three hours a day. What else is happening with Piers Morgan tonight? I can kind of be that, you know. I, I can help that, you know, build that audience. And uh, I really bought into it. Uh, but I ended up meeting her there, uh, meeting I was about her to say, through the show. Were, were, were you? 
pitching to peers and <laughs> and to Megan at the same time. I was a little distracted <laughs> well, by by Megan. No, but it, uh, but yeah, no, we we ended up, you know, so she wasn't even working at CNN at the time there. I obviously wasn't, but we started working together and, and immediately started dating and and ended up getting married. Peers was at our wedding and uh, huh. and uh, you know we and then she is originally though from Houston and okay. we we moved down to Texas for my job, but. Uh, you know, stayed and, and yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's great. I'm, I'm glad you guys get down here. That's right. And you mentioned Jack. Yes, he's four years old. How fun is it being a dad? I love it. I love it. It's it's. Uh, I I kind of knew I, I was going to love it. Um, but I have to say, you know, I I, I uh, it's it helps give some perspective. I would say uh, I <laughs> he doesn't care at all you know about anything that's happening in you know what twitter or you know in the news world and and it it, it it's very it, it gives perspective there i think you know, it's, it's so important um to to see that uh what really matters you know i think that's that's been that's been one of the biggest things yeah um having kids will definitely change your perspective right. yeah and in fact i have a, a cousin who 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 said that very same thing? I haven't heard that until right now. Mm. When you said how you know perspective, yeah, that's that's the biggest thing when when you have kids, right? Is is now you can um, see the world from a whole different angle, and um, you realize that the world is actually. Um, it's worse in some degree because now you feel it through the lens of, oh my gosh, my kid is going to grow up to what, who knows what. Yeah. If it's this crazy now. <laughs> but at the same time, you have those moments where you can just step back. And like you said, Jack is unaware of the insanity of the world. Right. I want to go hang out with Jack for a while. Yeah, yeah. no, exactly. And, and you know what? I got to say, I'm, I'm optimistic just in general. Like I, I really, I, I, one of the things like I, I try to like operate from in, in all the professional capacities, but certainly from the personal one is like, you know, I really, I, you know, I, I believe strongly in like, you know, America and, and, and Americans. And, uh, you know, I, I think that he's got the right idea. Like, you know, it, it's sort of this, you know, optimism, I think about it, you know, and, and I think that's kind of, that's where I, I, when I get pessimistic, I try to look at him and be like, yeah, you know, you're right. We'll be all right. We'll be all right. Yeah. Well, it's, it's good to stay distracted um, in different areas, though. So you mentioned that you probably spend too much time on Twitter. Yeah. You and me both. <laughs> um, but I love this. You participate in fantasy golf. Yeah. Which I've never really taken the time to look at this, but DraftKings <laughs> does a fantasy golf thing, too. Yeah, so I guess you know they they do well, right? So I mean, you know, DraftKings they've got like you know NFL stuff. You right, pick I'm, I'm aware of that okay. stuff. I guess I've only whenever I've gone to DraftKings, I guess I'm just so focused that I don't even pay attention to anything else on the site. I've never seen there's golf available. Oh yeah, yeah, golf's golf's my favorite. I I, I feel like older when like I, I feel old when I talk about how much I enjoy golf and watching it and oh, and man. you know I guess Masters is on much it. I, must watch TV. It's the best. I I love it. I love it. I I love like so. Wh- <laughs> but I'm trying to figure out now we're getting deep into like fantasy sports. But but well, here's I, what, the thing. I want you to explain to me okay. how fantasy golf works. So it's 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 the simplest of them. You pick six golfers, and you know basically how how they do. You get points based huh. on you know how many birdies or whatever. <laughs> but what's fun about it is you know a lot of times with these DraftKings things, everything is so fast, right? It's over in a few hours or a day. You know you really get four days of excitement out of it. You know you, you put three bucks in, and you really can get your money's worth. Yeah. And and you know so, you know there's obviously a chance of. Winning a lot, but it's 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 fun. 
fun and uh I, I got Jack into golf a lot too. I, I, he knows, you know, Tony and, and Tiger and Rory and all that. Uh, it's just like, I don't know. I, I, I there's a purity to golf that I just love. I, it's, it's the kind of thing where like, I will never be a good, you know, baseball player or basketball player. And I probably will never be a good golfer, but I could hit a shot like that one time out of a thousand right. and it, and you get, and, and I have, and you get that feeling like if I could just do this every time and, and I can, but, <laughs> but I, that's what I, I love about golf is it's like, there's a, uh, there's a flattening to it. Like it feels like, man, I, I could, I could do this one time, right. maybe, you know, right? but not when the camera's on. No, no, not, yeah, not yeah, in a definitely. tournament, no. not, not when Tiger's in my group. Right. right. Exactly. No, no. I think I've had exactly one shot, like you just said, in <laughs> right. my entire life of playing golf since I was 12. <laughs> nice. So I, I got you. Yeah. I'm actually going to have to go and look for fantasy golf now fun, on man. DraftKings. <laughs> I, I, I just, I mean, and I'm a fantasy football guy. Yeah. Okay. And I know there's fantasy baseball and hockey and stuff. I could never get into those fantasy sports that require you to pay attention, you know, throughout the week right. and who's playing when and all stuff. I can focus on one Sunday at a time yeah. with fantasy football. Football, yeah. And I'm, I, in fact, I'm the commissioner of our league, so I'm really involved in that stuff. And I haven't even known about fantasy golf, but now I'm sitting here and I want to actually just let's just kill the interview right now, so I can go <laughs> and uh, sign check up. out DraftKings. Yeah, fantasy. do it for the Masters. It's it's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So with you and Megan and Jack, you have a, a boxer, yes, little dog Lexi. named Lexi. Dogs are the greatest, you know? They like, are. Like, seriously, I grew up just with cats, just with cats. And it wasn't until an adult, let's see, eight years ago, really, that I owned my first dog. We have two now. And it's like opened up a whole new world to me that I feel... It's 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 embarrassing yeah. that I really didn't have dogs. Listen, it's funny. I'm I'm the exact same way. I I grew up with a cat. Um, never had a dog, and yeah, Lexi was my first dog. Megan's had dogs her whole life. Uh, you know, lots of dogs, and and yeah, it's it's you know I uh, and she tells me there's sort of. Lexi is is we treated her kind of like a human and yeah. she embraced that and yeah. and so so there is kind of a humanness to it it's a little bit a little bit weird but um <laughs> but yeah I mean it's she's the best dogs are, yeah dogs are the best I mean, you're absolutely right it's it's almost like when you're raising kids too if you don't baby talk to them yeah. if you just treat them like people then they'll surprise you and then one day you're like wow you're you're a human right now, I mean with the dogs it's it's a little different but I know what you mean as far as gestures and stuff like that. And like my, my oldest dog just reads my mind. Yeah. He knows every move I'm going to make before I know it. It's just, I'm not going to make this the Keith talks about Tanner hour, <laughs> but I'm just saying it, it's, it's, they're fascinating creatures and we don't deserve them. I know. I know. Like total loyalty. I mean, loves it. And, and, but at the same time, like she's very sensitive, like, you know, gets her feelings hurt and you can tell it and you try to cheer her up and it's, a, <laughs> it's, it, it, it's, it's fun and, and occasionally exhausting to, uh, to keep Lexi happy. Right. And I don't know if, if this has happened with Jack or anything like that, but in our house, we have three children and I swear Tanner knows when one of them is not doing right feeling right it, it, whether they're just sick whether they're struggling with something in school or what that dog knows and that's the bed he spends the night in. it's that's fascinating so funny. it yeah. is really weird yeah we're right? not there how old are your kids uh oof, let's see I have one that just turned 18 oh wow okay i have one that is 15 and i have one that just turned 13 okay got so it so we that's nice all I right just, i just thought of that i just thought of that i am the father 
of three teenagers yeah. all at the same time. My goodness, that's that's impressive. Pray for impressive. me. Impressive. You're doing great. Uh, yeah, no, I I I, I await that day. I, I'm I, right now. I. I need Lexi to go sleep with Jack. I think that would be a nice a nice thing. Yeah. He's not ready for that. Yeah, yet, absolutely. But, yeah. So you like to um, listen to the Chill Channel <laughs> on Sirius XM. <laughs> I which, love the bio you do. The, I, I did this this a long time ago, and I it's know. funny now. now yeah, go, but, you're busting out. No, it's and, true. And let's, and, let's, and let's set this up. Steve and I have been trying to coordinate this interview literally for it's got to be half a year. Yeah, about Seriously. six months, I think. I, Something I think always true. happens, whether there's a, a schedule well, this conflict. This year, man. You yeah. Know? I mean, it's yeah. 2020, right? Yeah. yeah. So it, it's either a schedule conflict or or I got COVID <laughs> or I've got any myriad of surgeries. So anyway, we, we finally got this to happen. And, and I love it when the guest has no recollection of filling out this email when <laughs> right. so much time passes from the email to the interview. That's a good way to do it. Yes, <laughs> chill. Yeah, I, uh, Channel 53 on Sirius XM, uh, I, I discovered, I think, probably when we moved uh, to Texas. It's the best. I, I love, like, there. it's a lot of times it's it's like popular songs that are, re, like, remixed to, into, like, a more chilled out but like exciting version of it uh if you listen to the fourth watch podcast first plug of of, of our podcast here please do uh you will find one of my favorite chill artists who i uh i we we worked out a deal and i got i got him as the theme music um uh someone named super duper huh. uh and uh uh yeah i mean it's just it, it's 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 cool. I, I recommend it to everyone. People that don't think that they would necessarily be into like basically like down tempo house music uh find themselves listening to it. This I think. sounds like and I don't know this because I haven't checked out Chill. Okay. But this sounds like uh my mom and stepdad used to live in Phoenix and the one channel that we could all agree on was and it's not like this anymore in Phoenix, K Y O T Coyote. It was called Smooth Jazz. Okay. And, so, and yeah. I don't know if it's similar to uh, so Chill. What I would describe it as maybe like the like 21st century smooth jazz in a way like because it's it's it feels very like new and of this moment but it's also like you could just kind of yeah chill out to I'm, I'm gonna go check this out because i need some chill in my life <laughs> it's i was gonna say it's a perfect 2020 uh soundtrack yeah it's, it's chill, you know? sounds like it yeah. okay so you were an nbc page yeah probably a lot of fun stories i don't know how many of them you can tell but can tell you're some. welcome yeah. to tell as many as you like well okay that you experienced while you were there yeah yeah so i mean just to give people, uh, if anyone has watched 30 Rock, which used to be everyone watched 30 Rock, and now it's like it's been out. And so, you know, but Kenneth the Page was a character on there. He wore right. this horrible, like, blue blazer and peacock tie. And that literally was the uniform That's that all the, the pages job. wore. And uh, you basically did two things you, you did studio tours. Um, so right. you would get. You know, we had a script and we had, a you know, you and another partner. It was an hour of, you know, 30 tourists that, that you brought around to all the different NBC studios and you told all the history and I could probably recite half of it. <laughs> uh, we played all these like fun games of, of like um, trying to get the other page to say a word during it. It was like oh, we wow. had our own ways of doing it. But I did over 500 studio tours in, in a year. And then the other thing you did was basically just like very menial tasks. Um, but in cool settings, I guess. Like, I, I worked for Conan O'Brien's show um, as as Paige, which my job was essentially like, you know, doing whatever little task there was, stocking fridges and things, but also bringing the guests from their 
car to this to their to their studio, you know, cool. to the dressing room and, and back, right? So you got to meet a lot of people. Did Conan ever drag you on camera or anything? For no, a I never, I never did with Conan. <laughs> I was never on. It's probably a good I, thing. I know. It's been know. very embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's funny, you know, usually like they, they, the people that were like pages on that show were actually actors. Um, they, they, they had like fake pages, uh, as the, as the, oh, as oh. the guest. But no, um, you know, we got to meet like lots of celebrities and some funny stories there. I remember Jeff Goldblum. Um, one time I brought him in and I, I, I think Jeff Goldblum's hilarious, but he like, he was exactly like, as you would expect, like he walked into 30 rock and he just starts like sniffing and he goes, what is that smell? What is that smell? And he, and he goes, come with me, come here, let's go look, let's go smell things. <laughs> oh, no. And we started smelling things and eventually he thought it was like some cleaning supply that he really enjoyed. Anyway, so it was like... A- <laughs> So there was that, that. That sounds like a Disney Plus show, actually. Uh, Jeff Goldblum yeah. smells stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it does. Uh, and then the other aspect of the job was so we, the the big like marquee thing you did was work for SNL. Um, and you you know SNL they they did a uh, a, a rehearsal show. Um, t- uh, and then they did the live show. Live show ended at one a.m. There'd be an after party, and then there was an after after party at three in the morning. <laughs> that you know the bars close at three, but there was always one location. You needed a secret password uh, to get in. And is it I, always the same one? No, it was oh, always different, boy. and it was always at a different location. And you know, someone one of the pages would get the secret password, and they'd send it to everyone else. And we could go to the after after party from three a.m. to seven a.m. Oh, with God. the cast and whoever any other celebrities that showed up. Right. And man, that was it was a good time though because you know no one was allowed to leave. Um, you know, the, the, the bar. And so you'd get like Keenan Thompson there smoking weed right in the middle of this bar. And, and, you know, and, and it was, uh, it was, a, that was like the one perk of it for sure. But, and what, what years was this? Uh... So this was like 2007 to two, uh, 2006 to 2007. Okay. Um, yeah. So I was right out of college and, and the, the fun of it, honestly, though, you know, the, in, in the serious capacity is like, there was always 50 pages at any given time. Um, I stayed there for a year. So I ended up working with about a hundred people everyone 99% of the people was between 22 and 24 uh-huh. super hungry you know all interested in working in the media and i look back now and i look you know now what what they're doing i mean these are people that are spread out across the industry lots of you know on air talent you know executives um, you get this like interesting network of people that you know you worked with as essentially everyone's first job um, and it was there was like a little backbiting and there was you know everyone was like really they were friendly but they were also like wanted to kind of you know beat you for that big assignment right right so is that something that would show up on like a LinkedIn entry yeah yeah, yeah. it sounds NBC, like NBC page program uh, yeah and really we and there are like little group you know list email lists that we occasionally will have like little reunions uh, it's been a little while probably a couple of years but uh, but yeah it was it was a great entry into into the business and and honestly you know it helps i think you know just kind of continue the rest of the career yeah yeah are you going to tell us about uh any drunken late night stories about heather graham heather graham okay yeah well so yeah the two there were a couple ones there you know heather graham another one that was like it's always good when the celebrity like you the way you think that they are is going to be like how they are Uh um and yeah like totally you know sort of nice but spacey um so (laughs) She ended up, uh, uh, <laughs> it was raining. Um, and this was, this was actually, yeah. So, so she was like, I think we were leaving the party and she asked me, I don't know if she thought I was working there or what. I mean, I wasn't in my page uniform, but something about like umbrellas. 
And she was like, isn't it funny about umbrellas? Like whenever you, whenever you need an umbrella, you never have it. But whenever you don't need an umbrella, you have, and, and I mean, just, just rambling <laughs> well, on I mean, about that, umbrellas. I mean, that's Kind of true. Yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's late, late night wisdom with Heather Graham. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, and, and there were, there were a few of it. I mean, and, and it was just weird. Like you'd, you'd walk in and all of a sudden, like you'd be at the bar waiting for a drink and there's Drew Barrymore and Cameron Diaz sit standing at the bar next to you. And it's wow. just, it was, it was a good time. You know, it was, it was funny. And, and, uh, yeah, it was the the fun of like that was the one you work like sixty hour weeks getting paid nothing, um, and then you get like on that Saturday night you're you're up until six in the morning with like some celebrities. So that's that was your perk. That's really cool. So you are a black diamond skier, but what's the nearest black diamond trail to New Jersey out of curiosity? Any idea? Well, there were black diamonds like in, I think there actually might be in New Jersey, but it, more really? like Pennsylvania, you know, we probably get like drive an Poconos hour and something. get there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Poconos and stuff, but those were not like real black diamonds. Those are pretty easy black diamonds. Then you go to like, we would go to uh, Colorado um, and, and do that. And, and I, we were, uh, we skied last year and, and went, went to Breckenridge and, and did some, some black diamonds. I, it's been a long time. You know, I feel like, like I've, I've, we've gone from Megan's not a big skier, so we're 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 more warm weather vacationing now. Although I'd I'd love to get back out there, and Jack tried it, uh, you know, and he was he was into it. So a little bunny slope action, yeah, That's yeah, cool. yeah. He wants to go back. Very so. good. Mm-hmm. Um, magic tricks. That's something uh, you're good <laughs> at, or or yeah. not so much. Yeah, yeah. talk about. I, so I did journalism summer camp, but I also did magic summer camp. Oh, you essentially. did a summer camp just for magic. So okay, so this well, is so you, wait when you were a kid. See, that's pretty cool, man. You you did these themed camps. Mine were just, you know, a week of, you know, riding horses and, and, and playing, you know, capture the flag. Right. Yours actually yeah. had purpose. Uh, well, learning magic tricks, I guess some purpose. Well, I okay. mean, you got the journalism one, yeah. you got the magic the, show. The journalism the had tricks. some purpose. So, so I, uh, I, you know, sleepaway camp, right? And so I, I did for five years, it was like this uh, sports and arts camp, essentially, but um, but they had like these, some of the weird ones, right? So I did like juggling or something, you know, and, and you, you basically spend three weeks, an hour a day learning how to juggle. And I did magic a bunch of years. Um, and my, my friends in college in particular always made fun of me because there's like certain tricks I've, I've been able to, to keep, uh, you know, I, 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 I still can do, but they um, know them. Right. And so, uh, yeah, they, they, they generally know. <laughs> I, I feel like there's one I could probably still get people with, you know, it's, it's you know, cool. honestly, all magic tricks are, are not all magic tricks, but like, you know, card tricks are all based around like one of three moves essentially. Right. Ooh, wait, so, wait, really? Okay. I'm sorry. I don't want to ruin. Yeah, no, ruin no, no. <laughs> Hold on a second. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, if I get him to uh, tell us the, the magic tricks here, uh, the, the behind the scenes. Gonna, yeah. The magicians wanna, are going to come after me. Yeah. Skip ahead a couple of minutes here. <laughs> wait, what are these one of, what, Tell me the three moves. Well, you know, there, there's there's a move essentially like where you you are uh, you you draw people to a a certain card that you know you do a trick of of pulling a card from the top and it, and then it, it shows up wherever you want it to be. Um, and it, it's it's a it's you know a literal move that you have to learn how to do. And then once you can do that, you can do that in a dozen different kinds of tricks and they all look different to the average person huh. but they're all essentially the same move just done slightly differently so um so i'd always you know it, my, my friends would make fun of me but i actually you know i can yeah. i can do i can i can uh entertain jack with some magic tricks oh, occasionally that's, that's my that's, that's my move fun. yeah okay but i mean just for the record i only heard one of three 
What are the other two things? Well, there's one <laughs> like where you know you've got a, a card like turned upside down, like on the on the bottom of the deck or something. Okay, and if yeah. you if you if you move your hands in a certain way, you kind of sleight of hand, um, you can make the deck look like it's the uh, it's the opposite way, right? Because okay. you, the car, you know you've got essentially like the back of the card, but on both sides of it. Uh-huh. And so then if you can do that, and then if you can then get the card back up the right way, let's say someone puts their card back into the deck that card will be upside down, right? And and they'll think they, they didn't, you know, how did that happen? My own, my card's the only one upside down, but actually your card plus the other card that I was pretending that was upside down was, was not. So, nice. you know, little, little things like that, 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 uh, that, you know, help to help to solve it. Okay. Yeah. So there's not a third one. I'm trying to think of the third one. <laughs> you know, that, it's been so long. All right. I forgot the you, third I'm magic. sorry. I don't let things go. Man. I can't reveal okay. the third magic trick yeah, there you that, go. that I don't remember. There you go. Okay. So, Tell us about your earliest memory with your uh, grandfather, right? Um, my grandfather, uh, on my dad's side, uh, uh, died when I was six. Hmm. Um, so I, I don't remember much with him, and I, I, I the, but I always remember. So he was in a wheelchair from from as, as long as I remember. Hmm. Um, and I I remember going down to Florida. They lived in Florida, and watching a TV show with him that was like that. My memory of it was about a robot dog. And I've 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 always like looked up like what is some you know show from thirty years ago that had a robot dog in it and I don't one hundred percent know yeah. what it is. So it wasn't the Jetsons, huh? No, it was a. I remember it being like a dog that looked kind of like a German Shepherd, like a real dog, huh. and but it was like a a robot robo of some kind, and I, I I don't remember what it was. But anyway, I remember sitting with him and really enjoying like spending that time with him. It's just me and him, you know, watching this. I think he was in bed and I was like sitting on the bed. And, uh, yeah, you know, it was one of my few memories I have with him, um, uh, you know, before, before he died. Well, that's, it's cool that, that you have yeah. that something, yeah. right? You know, that's, you have met a lot of people in your life that you consider positive impacts, right? Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that fair? For sure. Yeah. Um, tell us about some of them. I mean, obviously you list your wife yes. as number one, Megan, I want to make sure that you heard that number one yeah of course one. but uh who's christina robinson and bart fetter christa robinson bart fetter yeah uh both from cnn um both uh, i would say you know when i so i left so I, I worked at tv newser i worked at mediate i left i worked for Piers morgan show and um you know i still was i don't want to say like fairly down the totem pole on uh you know at cnn there but i i, I sort of was and I got promoted about a year into my, my time there, um, and and really that just changed the trajectory I think of of my career and it, and it, it it happened. I mean I you know obviously like like everything it takes some luck and it takes some of what the work you've done and the and hard work you put in, um, but I it, it couldn't have happened without Krista and and Bart who was my immediate boss once I got hired uh, in that new role and Krista who I I've known forever and I, I keep in touch with both of them still but. Um, but I knew she was, she basically had headed publicity. She was actually Megan's boss. Um, and, and both really, you know, it's, it's the kind of thing where like, you, you know, you get, you find people that really believe in you. Um, it, you know, a lot of times maybe even more than, than you necessarily think mm. about yourself. Yeah. Um, and, and it takes that and, and, uh, and yeah, though, though they were great. And it also, you know, I have to say, you know, I, I had really great experiences at CNN. Um, I, it's, I would say the CNN of, of today is very different than the CNN when I worked there, uh, just for people that are uh, hearing about CNN now. Um, but I will say, like, you know, it, 
it's this gigantic place. I mean, thousands of people. And, you know, both Bart and Krista were really helpful in like, you know, you almost sometimes I would I would finish a day at CNN and I feel like, what what did I do today? Like I, I, I had these calls and things like you move things incrementally down the line, but they're like this giant, uh, you know, the way Bart would describe it is like this like battleship and you're trying to like turn this thing. And, you know, and you can't do it alone. Like you, you, it requires lots of people and lots of buy-in and you have to make people think that, that it's what's good for them to do it. And what did they get out of it? I mean, and so, so, you know, I get frustrated. Like I get, you know, I, I we just want things to happen quickly. Um, but they were so helpful in kind of navigating the way the world works, which is like, look, you, you, you know, things take time. You have to have patience and, and, you know, day by day you, 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 you have to, you know, build that buy-in with people and and develop relationships and and uh you know it, it was it was really valuable both in life and and in just sort of my professional career what they what they brought that's really cool so you have one sibling yes a sister yeah yeah 13 years younger than you that's right so yeah. that you were put into babysitter mode quite a bit yeah but yet this poor precious child this little girl you decided you were gonna break her collarbone no what, what happened what, what was that story all about? Uh, i did yeah i know i know i uh so i was only child for like 13 years which yeah. was great um i really enjoyed it and then i, I had no idea but they it is great had, I'll, I'll let I, you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, my parents have been trying for for a while i, I, I had no idea um and so allison came along it's right probably good you didn't have an idea right 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 no, I, I was not involved not looped into the, the uh right. the process um but it, it really worked out well like it was right when my i didn't want to like have anyone paying attention to me anymore and then it was like oh perfect now there's oh, a new baby you know? yeah right. you're a teenager now yeah, yeah. i see yeah okay. so I, I say it worked out really well um yeah, you know, I I did enjoy babysitting, but I also like, you know, you you, you take your eye away for a second. I I think it honestly made me a little bit more of like a uh, I don't want to say like a helicopter parent, but but yeah, the one time you know she was like at some golf clubs on the you know monkey bars or something, it was just something that should not have been happening. Uh-huh. And I'm I'm you know six feet away, just sort of enjoying the whole thing, and boom, you know, falls, breaks her collarbone. Oh. I, I forgot how old she was at the time, pretty young. Yeah you know, embarrassed and, and I just felt horrible. Oh, um, and yeah, yeah. definitely. I, 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 I'm very conscious of that now. In, that, in, I mean, that makes parent. sense. Yeah. And you know, congratulations to baby sis, the Guinea pig. Yeah. Uh, so now right. you keep a closer eye on Jack. Yeah, exactly. Has sure. your sister ever forven you for that? I think so. That's good. I, I, yeah, she go, brings right? it up every now and then. Okay. But, That's but, what but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So you nearly choked to death on a grape. Right. Is that right? That was also babysitting. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> you know, this was all new to me. So I was like, yeah. I, I was trying to entertain her, and uh, it actually was not even a real grape. It was a fake grape, like uh-huh. one of those things like you would have in like a you know a setup of food a decoration. Or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, uh-huh. I'm, I'm, I'm throwing it up in the air like this is so stupid, and and <laughs> and pretending to to catch it in my mouth. And then one time I just caught it in my mouth and went completely right down my, my throat. I ended up oh. having to like, I, I couldn't breathe. No. Ended up like essentially like throwing it up and getting out of it. But my sister, this was, she was even younger at the time. Like she would not be able to call 911. Like it oh was, my. and it was just me and her. Uh, yeah. That one she doesn't remember, but that was like, that was pretty scary. No kidding. Was, <laughs> I mean, that honestly, if it makes you feel any better. That's the kind of stuff I do like every other day. <laughs> I am so injury prone. And that grape in the throat sounds exactly like something I would do, especially just 
goofing around. Right. Being right, silly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah that, that happens. Oh my goodness. <laughs> okay. So I love I love this answer uh, when I asked the question, "What's something you want to accomplish in your lifetime?" So your first thought is watching Jack get married. Um, that's 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 noble. Yeah. Absolutely. But you want to work on your uh, golf game as well. <laughs> so how often do you get to play? Oh, uh, like never. Yeah. Never. That's where I'm at. No. Man. No, I've got I've got a better chance of uh, of of watching Jack get married than, than working on my golf game. I'd say. <laughs> I was, was going to say, yeah, uh, that, that that's what it feels like sometimes. It's like my kids are going to be out of the house before I play another round of golf. Before you play, but you've been playing for a while though, right? Yeah, but I've you know a common theme. I, I like to injure myself, <laughs> and uh, every time I hit the ball now my right elbow just okay. aches for days and it's not even worth it so you're out okay yeah. Yeah. getting old sucks that's that's the moral of this you. story yeah yeah no, I, I definitely feel that yep yep absolutely okay so you are hoping to and remember i, I sent this email months and months ago have you gone skydiving yet no i did bring it up with with megan recently okay because she, cause said, she said that i'm not allowed um, oh really because so oh this so you sent this email to me that says you hope to skydive shortly before you had the conversation with the wife that must be yeah uh, must be the yeah. timing on that that know? was the, that okay. was the call i still do i would like to do that i i think it you know i don't think it's like super dangerous uh, like i'm not the bungee jumping kind of scares me um but skydiving it feels like fun and you know i mean george hw bush was skydiving every year and he was like 90 years old right. i feel like you know this is this is doable now you've done scuba diving before done scuba diving how deep did you go Pretty deep. Um, you know, I got certified once before a family trip, um, and uh, I probably went down like thirty feet, something like that. You know, I, it was it was pretty far. I mean, it was far enough that it was like, all right, we're we're in the the mode where you know you can't just like swim up as fast as you can if you get nervous or something. Right. You're in like, okay, you know, take it slow and. So, what do you think is more dangerous, scuba diving way down deep or jumping out of an airplane with a parachute? I think scuba diving. Yeah, I, I totally. So why don't you? Why don't you? That's the take argument. This, you are, I'm, I'm arming you. That's good. That's a good. With some, but this is a conversation you're going to have to have before the podcast comes out, right? Or else she's going to be like, "Oh, I see where you got this." So you got to go <laughs> home and talk to her and just kind of. The argument, though, I'm, I'm, I'm playing her side of it. She's going to say, "I don't want you scuba diving either." This, is, I was the last time I was really scuba diving was right as I started dating her, and uh, ever since then I, I have not. And I have to say, you know, I, I was. Because I've been scuba diving since then, but like 10 feet. And that that's like, you know, that's it was cool, but it's not like 30 feet down. It, it is a little bit scary, like, you know, going yeah. down that far. Like it, it, because, you know, you really feel like if something goes wrong, you know, you're, you're, you're in trouble. Um, you've got to rely on your buddy, you know, your scuba buddy to mm-hmm. give you air and, and try to, you know, work your way up. So do you um, think that she would let you do more dangerous things once Jack is out on his own? Maybe. Okay, so, so why don't we do this? I'll just hold this podcast for <laughs> 14 years. 18, 14 years <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Perfect. All right. <laughs> no, good luck, man. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, that's, I think you're right, though. I think the scuba diving has got to be more I think more so. Risky. I yeah. think so. I mean, I, people go skydiving all the time. You know, you don't really hear people dying. I, I hear actually occasionally we'll read a story about someone like having a scuba accident. Uh, mm-hmm. You don't really hear it as much about skydiving. I think we're okay. Yeah. I'm with you. I'll work on it. Let me know if you go. Okay. I might join you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No. That didn't take long to talk myself out of that. (laughs) No, okay. Okay, so you want to get to places like Ireland. 
I totally understand that. Yeah. South America, cool. Portugal kind of stood out as unique. What's so specific about Portugal that you want to go and see? Well, you know, Megan and I, we've done we've done some places in Europe. We did, you know, Italy and and uh, and England. Uh, I've been to Spain. I, uh, Portugal, I've heard great things about. I've never I've never been. You know, it's right there. There's there's uh, you know history there. There's the coast, which are supposed to be beautiful. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, that at the time I probably was sending this, I was like, all right, we're going to plan our next big trip, you know, years from now, um, Portugal, Ireland, those would be like the top of my list. Italy too. I mean, I love Italy. I'm, I'm half Italian. Um, and there's so many different like little pockets of Italy that I'd love to go that I've never been to before. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, yeah, but I, you know, I'd love to just try somewhere different. I, Does it ever feel like, especially if you're thinking about making these trips, does it ever feel like the world will be normal again uh, in this COVID era? Like, when are we going to be allowed to travel? Like, like for, for example, I went to the University of Nebraska, and they have a game supposed to go on in Ireland oh, in really? August of 2021, this year. Oh, cool. So when that, when that schedule first came out a couple of years ago, I thought, eh, maybe we'll go. I'll try. I'm sure it's going to be really expensive. Now I'm like, yes, let's go. I don't care. I'll pay whatever. I'll go into <laughs> debt. Let's just go. I want to travel. I yeah. want to go see the Huskers in Europe. Yes, 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 yes. But does it ever, do you ever have those moments, because I do, where it feels like we're never going to be able to travel again, at least not in the current form. You know, yeah. there's going to be vaccination requirements or something like that. And I just I just wonder if you ever think that with these travel goals that there's going to be some walls there that you don't see now. Yeah, it's interesting. I know I, I do. So I, I think that there's some things that are going to come out of, of this that that are never going to you know completely go back to normal. You know, I, I think about the way people work uh, and the way that we've been able to, you know, do work from home and do different, you know, Zoom related things. I, I think that that there is going to be some major ramifications. I think that the way. You know, obviously, I was in New York City, and then and now I'm I'm out. But I think that that same pathway, whether it's New York or L.A. or San Francisco, that's happening more and more. You see people, companies moving to Austin and 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 Florida and you know Dallas. Georgia, Dallas, yeah, yeah, <laughs> specifically Texas. Plano. Right, right. I mean, just more and more building up. I, I think that's going to happen more and more. Um, but I also like am optimistic about when we get to that point, whenever that is, whether it's you know, um, I mean you know, the most optimistic, I guess, is like July, August, that the world is sort of quote unquote back to normal, mm. maybe more like a year from now. But, but I do think when that happens, it's going to be like, everyone is going to be just going, yep. going crazy with I it. Right. right. And I, I, and I, I think there's going to be this like, just relief from, from it that it's going to come back even in a bigger way, like travel and, and people are going to, you know, see like, look, we were just stuck, you know, essentially like in our houses we, and for so long, like, if this ever happens again, I'm not going to say I didn't do X, Y, and Z. Right. Right. And like, right. let's just, let's let's go do it. You know. Yeah. Okay. So, is there a one-stop shop if people want information about you out there? Would would it be your Twitter page yeah, where everything's I guess so. listed? <laughs> yeah. I, that's why I figure it's easiest, like in the bio. Yeah. Right. Something like that. I don't that. have the website like you. I should I should do that. Um, oh, no. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Twitter, Twitter.com, Steve mm -hmm. Crack. Yep. Uh, definitely the the main the main source there. That and that's K R A K. So it's S T E V E K R A K. That's right. Steve Crackhour. Yeah. Okay. And um, 
subscribe to the newsletter. Yeah, right? subscribe to the newsletter. Free, always will be free. Fourth Watch. Um, fourth Watch. Uh, FourthWatch.media is how you can you can find it. Um, got the podcast and the Megan Kelly show. Got your podcast. Uh, yes. Got the Megan Kelly podcast. Yeah, available anywhere you get your podcast. All free. There you go. Yeah. So um, anything that we haven't covered that. Uh, Maybe you want to throw in oh, there. Oh, man. So much. No, no, this was great. I appreciate you doing this. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah. thank you so much. Steve Krakauer. Uh, check him out uh, on Twitter. Uh, Steve K-R-A-K. Thanks so much for making time, buddy. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Keith. Appreciate it. It was great getting to know Steve through this conversation today. He was one of those coworkers that I never really crossed paths with in our time together at The Blaze, so I was so grateful for the chance to really get to know him, and uh, I'm glad you were able to as well. Next week, I sit down with Jeremy Grantham, who is better known as Owl Borland to those who listen to the Spitballers comedy podcast or the Fantasy Footballers podcast, two favorites of mine. I hope you'll join me for that conversation next week. Until then, be sure to check out at themikeshow.com. We've got archive shows, sponsorship info, and ways to connect. There's also a donate button if you would like to help this podcast in any way you can. As always, thank you so much for spending time with me right here on At The Mic. This has been At The Mic with Keith, an independent podcast production. Look for At The Mic Show on Twitter to connect.